0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thanks, Rach. Awesome. So good to have you here, and especially if you're uh, new to Bayside, you can take a seat, and uh, new to Bayside, and, uh, and or come recently, lots of people are moving from all over the place to Harvey Bay at the moment, if you can get a house, and uh, there's like a queue of people, but uh, it's great. If you're one of those people that recently moved here, it's, uh, we'd love to... Um, for you to be a part of our church and everything we're doing. Um, Just one thing before I get into this this morning. This uh, Saturday coming... The third, uh, our youth and young adults are heading to Brisbane because their uh, youth and lo- youth alive are putting on a large event. We, this used to happen many years ago, we ch- a few things changed. I'm a, a district leader for youth alive, but there's a large event in Brisbane with thousands of young people and young adults gathering um, with uh, artists and bands and, and uh, people speaking like Blake Young and who have been to this church many years ago. And, uh, and so basically we're traveling down there, there's um, praise and worship, the whole night there's rides and things like that, it's a great event and there's a very clear gospel message that is preached that night and the whole uh, idea of the event is an outreach event for um, salvation and and sharing the gospel with young people so we're all going down but we do have room uh, and you know we want to take uh, young people that don't know Jesus and so we've got uh, youth uh, young adults that know people that uh, they go to school with the youth go to school with that they want to invite along and, uh, and we would love them to be able to go for free. They will pay for their own food, but we'd love to shout them a ticket and the cost of the bus, which is only going to be $15. So we've we've uh, subsidised that cost heavily, and they've also made the event very cheap. So all I'm asking today, we've got about 20 to 25 spots available for young people that don't know Jesus that we'd love to take down there. And if you would love to sponsor a young person, one of those is $15 uh, to help them get there uh, to Brisbane, our young people, our youth are going to invite friends, and we'd love to fill all those spots or as many as we can. So if you'd love to be a part of that um, and you can want to give 15 bucks or sponsor a couple, if you're able to, uh, we'd love you to do that. If you can't, there's no problem at all. Just pray for that event. There's going to be thousands there, three or four, maybe 5,000, uh, depending on how many, and it's going to be a great event. And we're just going to believe that God is going to do amazing things next Saturday night in Brisbane. So, And we'll be coming home very early in the morning, so pray that we, uh, yes, we make it back fine. Awesome. We have been doing a series, uh, and this is the last uh, day of the theme of Stand and Connect. And so Pastor Ross has been talking recently about connecting with family, connecting with uh, all different relationships we have, and the importance of connection. And today, I want to finish it off by talking about our personal connection with God. And I want to focus on two areas. One is the That when we connect with God, when we personally connect with God, it's important because we receive joy. So I want to talk about the joy we receive, and Rachel actually mentioned that this morning, uh, we receive when we personally connect with God. And the second part of the message is how we personally connect with God and what God can do as a result. The reason I just felt to talk about this word of joy is because our world is connected more than ever through social media and the internet and all that kind of stuff but the rate of you know mental illness the rate of loneliness and all these things anxiety and stress is higher than it's ever been and people are so connected and so i found that people are seeking happiness but what they really need is hope joy and peace but they're seeking happiness and I just want to talk about what happiness and joy means just for this first part of the message what the difference is Romans 15 13 says I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit in other words God is the source of hope joy and peace joy and happiness they're not exactly the same thing they can have similar feelings but they're not the same thing happiness is mentioned about 30 times in the bible and joy is mentioned over 300 times so god talks a lot about joy the thing about happiness is that happiness is based on happenings Happiness is based on happenings. In other words, happiness is based on what is going on around you, what is affecting you, what is happening to you. That will determine whether you feel happy or you don't feel happy. People say, I want to be happy. I want someone to make me happy. We hear those phrases. You would hear people say that. Maybe you've said that. Someone put it this way after with that thought. If you want to be happy, they said, are you resting your emotional well-being... On the seesaw of what happens to you. Are you resting your emotional well-being on the seesaw that goes up and down, that changes all the time, of what happens to you? In other words, your circumstances are determining whether you're happy or not. If you're looking for happiness, it's totally determined by your circumstances. As we all know, that can anyone, anyone here is perfectly controlling every circumstance that happens to them? If if you are, please talk to me later, and talk to maybe maybe you should actually come up and grab this mic and uh, and uh, and have a chat to us, because the reality is we're we're not. It's like. I'm sure there's some people that want to. Uh, we can't control everything. We can't control people. We can't control everything that happens to us. And, but we want to at times because we don't want that to happen because it makes me, I don't feel happy. I want to feel happy. And so people are trying to control their world, put some safety around, a barrier's up to say, I want to make this a safe place. And that's okay. But there's things that are going to happen to us that aren't always in our control. Jesus put it this way. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He he said, in this world you have trouble. In other words, there's some stuff going to happen to you that's going to be out of your control. Expect sometimes things aren't going to always be trouble-free. Expect sometimes things are going to happen. You're going to go, why is this happening? Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. We live in a fallen world. We live with people that can make that are living in all kinds of lifestyles of sin separate from God. And so stuff happens. And Jesus said, you'll have trouble, but don't worry. I've overcome the world. In other words, he's saying, don't worry with me. You'll get through it. You will overcome it. So in other words, your circumstances aren't always going to be how you want them to be. And I wrote down a few thoughts here. People aren't always going to agree with you even if you're right. You may be right, but they don't always do it. And you go, why can you not see that? (laughs) You might be right, and they still may not agree with you. Well, I would say love them anyway. People aren't always going to like you. Continue to be kind to them anyway. People will say things that hurt you. Don't take offense. Things don't always happen the way you want them to. You don't have to control everything. People will slander you for speaking the truth. That's happening a lot at the moment in our world because of social media and all this kind of stuff. People will slander you for speaking the truth, but speak the truth anyway. Don't be swayed by what people say or don't say. In other words, we shouldn't be seeking happiness through our circumstances or people's approval. We should be seeking joy, which comes from God. So I'll read that scripture again, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. True joy comes from God. And when you have joy, your emotional well-being isn't being determined by your circumstances. It's being determined by your relationship and connection with God. And that's why the second part of this message is I'm going to flow on how we connect with God. Because everything in our life, if you want to put it down to one thing, is based out of your relationship and connection with God. The stronger that is, then you will be okay and you will make it through whatever trouble, whatever stuff comes against you, whatever people say, it will wash off because it's not founded. Your your life and your happiness, your joy, isn't found in what people do, do say or don't say. It's found in God and what He says and what He says about you. And so we have to live, our relationship and connection with God is so important. And the world we're living in, it's, it's always been important. But even so, when there's some pressure and stuff going on, we really need to know God. We need to get drawn close to God. So when you know, circumstances are difficult. When trouble tries to find you, you can walk through it and still keep your joy because that joy has come from God Himself. God gives you the joy. You'll, be, you'll walk through it because you have joy. It's not, and you it's not. It's not based on what's good or if it's great. You know, and it's okay to you know, people um, do things, and it's okay to do things that make you happy. I'm not saying you don't do that. You can do. Th- people go out and they do hobbies, they play sport, and they do this, do that, and it makes you happy, and that's totally fine to do that. But it's all based on happenings. The next in the morning can be great, In the afternoon you can get a phone call, or someone can say something, or do something, or whatever, and you're like, oh. But if we're living from situations and that type of area, then it will take away our happiness. But when you've got joy, it's like, okay, that's happened. That was out of my control. God, you are in control. I draw near to you and there's a joy in me that I'm going to make it through this and you will give me wisdom to get through whatever I need to do. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength in other words there's a strength that comes from God because of the joy he puts in you it's also why Paul and we've been doing the series of Colossians in our connect groups it's why Paul who, while in prison for simply telling people about Jesus, could write an incredible letter to the Colossians that was full of hope, faith, and love? If Paul lived by his happenings and happiness, sitting in a terrible jail cell which was much worse than the ones we have today, if and he would go, if he lived that way by his circumstances, then that would be the worst letter anyone wrote in the history of letters. But. It's, it doesn't even hardly mention about being in jail because it wasn't even phasing him. He had a joy, and in a joy by God, through he received from God, that it doesn't matter what his circumstances had, no matter what people said, no matter what was going on, he could write and share the love of God and the power of God still from a prison cell because he had a joy on the inside. So I want to just... Talk about that. So joy is important, and the reason why I mention joy is because in the world we there's a lot of you getting a, We get a lot of news these days that can quickly, if we just listen to news and negativity, a lot of it's negative. That you can quickly, if you just listen to that and don't have a filter on that, you can quickly pull you down and it takes away your happiness. It takes away your, it changes your day. You think about it or whatever. And so we not don't need to live in that area. We need to live with the joy of the Lord, and no matter what we hear or don't hear, we need to use wisdom in all of that. And we need to have God's joy no matter what happens, whatever it's bad news or good news or whatever, we can walk through it with the joy. So we need joy and that comes from relationship with God. And so now I want to talk about three ways that we connect with God. And uh, and they are these three ways. First one is prayer. Second is reading the word of God. And the third one is worship. Um, You will often find that all of these are important but you'll find that you probably connect with one more than the others one or two more than others sometimes if you're maybe having a you know bad day or rough day or something it's like when you go and you know worship put a song on you begin to sing or something like that it's really what connects you with God sometimes people just want to get stop and just pull themselves aside and begin to pray and that's really what helps you. Maybe it's you grab the Word of God and you start to read scriptures that encourage you. And all of them are good, but sometimes for different people, it's really one of those that really affects you. For me, it's often worship. I'll throw a song on. I'll throw a, just listen to the words or sing or whatever. And for me, that's what really connects me with God. I still pray, still read the Word. Often when you do that, then it leads into prayer. Or it leads into a scripture, or God then says, Why don't you read that? And so, so they all connect in together, but there can be one that really speaks to you and helps you to connect with God. And when we connect with God, it actually brings personal revival to us, which we all need. What if I was to tell you that revival isn't for the lost, it's for the church? because then the church needs to go out and win the lost when they've been revived. Because often we, we, we talk about the word revival and we sort of think, so we can reach, yes, it is so people come to know Jesus, but God always starts reviving the church first. If you can look at every move of God in history, and it always started with a group of Christians that needed reviving. And it most often started when they gathered and prayed. Prayer is usually the catalyst of a move of God. And also, it's, it's usually what happens when people get hungry for God saying, God, they recognize that they need more of Him. That their life is, there's dead areas in our life. And I would say this this morning, including myself, that every single person in this room needs reviving. And you'll see why in a moment. I want to talk about prayer. And I want to read you an account of uh, Azusa Street Revival, a small account and a few points about it and what happened there. And uh, if you don't know, Azusa Street is where uh, it was a major revival, went for three years very strongly and continued for longer than that. But it was where the Assemblies of God Church was birthed out of. That's us. That's us. So Assemblies of God was, was in Australia as well, came out of that in 1906. But also we've changed Australian Christian churches, but it's still the same thing. But we were birthed out of what I'm about to read you. And there is, there is a whole history you can look up because it changed the whole of the world, actually. And in Azusa Street Revival in LA, Los Angeles, the main leader that God used was an African-American man called William J. Seymour. He lived in the early 1900s and was not allowed into Bible college because he was black. The man used to sit outside and listen to the teaching from an open window of the Bible college. He prayed four hours or more each day until the Holy Spirit covered him tangibly with such an anointing that no one in the Bible college had it from sitting outside the window. The power of God manifested on this man every day. People with no legs and arms came to the meetings and saw bones grow out where there were no bones. And they saw flesh grow out and cover the bones. He often told people, don't go around preaching about speaking in tongues, even though they did speak in tongues. He would say, go out and preach Jesus crucified and try and win as many to God as you can. Thank Jesus that God doesn't call the qualified, rather he qualifies the called. The thing is about William Seymour, and I'll get to the point about prayer in a moment, is that he didn't let circumstances stop him in his pursuit and hunger for God. Because he could have stopped right there. There's a picture of him up there. He could have stopped right where he was and said, oh, they're not letting me into Bible college, that's it. And circumstances could have stopped what God did. I've read, there's a book that I'll uh, share a story out of in a moment. There's several books on it. This book is called, They Told Me Their Stories. And it's written by a man who in 1960 met some, a group of people. And he started meeting with them regularly and chatting to them. And they started sharing stories. And they were all the children and the youth that were in the revival. And they started to share all the things they saw. And so this is a whole book of their stories. And, he, and as they, every time they shared with him, he was so impacted, his life was so changed, that he said, well, I need to write these things down. And so he wrote down, he got, interviewed them all and said, tell me all the things you saw in those three years. Here's a few things that you can read about the revival. Children would run in and out of the visible cloud of glory that was in the building. The cloud of glory was so thick, they said, that you couldn't see the floor and you couldn't see the roof that sat would come and go in the building and people would walk into that cloud and be healed without anyone praying for them. And, kid, and the young children played hide and seek in the cloud of glory. And so they met in a building that was 40 by 60 feet and they fit 600 people into that building at three times a day for three years. Often fire engines were called because at times in the meeting a flame 50 foot high, 15 meters high would, would descend on the roof, would come up through the roof of the building and they said another flame 50 feet high would come down from the sky and meet it. And the whole building would glow and you'd see it for miles and people thought the building was on fire it was a supernatural fire, and so often the fire engines were called and would, appear and would come to the building to put a fire out, but it was a supernatural tongue of fire of the Holy Spirit. People walking to the revival, because a lot of people didn't own cars then, walking to the revival often didn't make it because they fell down under the power of God before they even got there. And then, I just want to read you one story out of this book that I read. This is so, so impacting this healing. And, and in this book, there's stories of the children saw, they, they describe in detail how they, how they saw God form a shoulder bone. And this bone and that bone, how the flesh formed on the they were And they said, I was right there looking at a meter away from it, watching God reform an arm, reform a leg. And so, and... And people and many people were healed and miracles happened with not one person laying a hand on praying for them at all. They were just in the building and God will come and heal people as they walked in. And listen to this story. This is one of the most amazing miracles I've heard of. A woman came into the meeting holding a staff. She could hardly breathe and looked like a skeleton. She only lived about two miles from Azusa and had started walking to Azusa about three in the afternoon but didn't reach the warehouse, they were meeting in an old warehouse, until six in the evening, three hours. She literally took one baby step at a time, placing the staff in front of her, then scooting her feet up to it and repeating the slow, tedious process until she reached the revival meeting. The woman pointed at Laura. Now, Laura was a teenager in the revival, and she tells the story now as an adult. She was told this story, pointed at Laura and said, that's the woman I want to pray for me. The next words that came out of the woman's mouth, she could never forget. She said, I won't live through the night if God doesn't heal me. I'll die. Doctors said my lungs are ate up with cancer, and I can hardly breathe. I've been losing weight for about a year. She said that she was five foot uh, six tall, weighed 30 kilos and looked like a skeleton. Laura then laid her hands, uh, hands on her and she immediately began to breathe normally and over the next three hours gained 20 kilos of weight without eating. All she did is breathe the thick mist, the Shekinah glory cloud, and her lungs felt no pain and returned to the lungs of a young woman. And when the woman visited her doctor, he didn't even recognize her. He examined her and couldn't believe that her lungs were in perfect shape, and she had gained 20 kilos. The doctor, whose name was Thomas Wyatt, decided to visit the revival himself, and upon witnessing the events, decided that he was through with traditional medicine. He started a ministry called the Wings of Healing, and he saw multitudes healed and set free. That's one ministry that came out of the revival. Our church was birthed out of this atmosphere. And I want to bring you back to the point in all this. One line about William Seymour, it says that William Seymour prayed four hours or more each day until the Holy Spirit covered him tangibly. And that was the result. I'm not saying we have to pray four hours a day. But I am saying we need to pray. If you do pray four hours a day, your life will never be the same again even if you pray half an hour a day, your life may never be the same again. Because I think we're living far below what we think God can do. There is 500 meters from a building, there is domestic violence happening, there's police up the road all the time, there's all kinds of stuff, there's people that are sick that can't leave their houses, there's all this stuff, and, and when God showed up, People couldn't even make it to the building without God's power touching them. What would happen? What would God do? It's not anything we can control. They said there's no one there was no run sheets or control of the meeting. Everyone just showed up and then God just started doing what he wanted to do. They just worshiped God and everything just happened. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Our land needs restoring. More money from the government won't work. Won't fix all the problems. More hospitals and doctors, even though we, we've got doctors in the church who do a fantastic job, and there's medicine, does amazing things. They're overworked, they're overrun, and they need God's healing power. God, we need God to come and move in great power, like he did in Azusa. He wants to, he's able to, we just don't realize he can. Ephesians 6.18 says pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. There's, a, there's an app that um, I was going to use and for time's sake I won't. Um, but there's an app we, in our, we did a series on Get Your Life Back and it's called the Pause app, but it's a there's a one minute, three minute, five minute or 10 minute pause and all this is an app you can get on your phone that reminds you to stop and you can stop wherever you are twice a day and it helps you to stop and just think about God, connect with God. It, it reads scripture and and just says encouraging words. And so, um, I just encourage you. I know some of you have used that, and if you've done the done the series through our Connect groups, you would know about that. And and i found that as a great tool that reminds you to stop and pause and to pray and to think about God. And so I just want to mention that. And if you need any help in getting that, I how to do that, we're more than happy to do that. It's free. There's no cost, but it is a great tool. And sometimes we need tools to help us in the busyness of our our lives to say, Hey, this is I need to make this a regular part of my life. The second thing I want to talk about is reading and meditating on the Word of God. I want to read you four scriptures and make a couple of comments. It says this Psalm 119 105 Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Some of you will really you would read the Word of God, and that's how you connect with God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. 1 Peter 2.2 says, In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's Word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. When you read the word, it's living and active. It will transform you from the inside out. James 1, 23 to 25. For if you listen to the word and don't, and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So God's Word is powerful. It's active. We need to be regularly reading it. We need to be regularly praying and have the Word of God in us because when strife or trouble comes or when pressure comes, it's the Word of God that's going to speak to you. It's prayer that's going to help you. Here's what i found about the Word of God. Quality is better than quantity. It's not about, I read three chapters today, well done, and, and move on. It's a, you're better off reading three verses and having those three verses speak to you and thinking about and absorbing those verses than reading a whole lot in the Bible. and, not, and like, If you get to the end of what you read in a day and you can't remember anything that God spoke, one thing. It should be one thing you take out of that at least. There may be more than one, but if you read it and then you sort of and you go and you can't even remember what was had, then there's no point in reading it. Can I be that blunt? Like, just stop and just take, just read and let it allow it. And if you need to read it again, read it again. Then read it the same thing again until it sinks and absorbs into you. Because God wants to speak to you. God is, He wants to. And so when you when you read the Word of God, pray, God, would you just speak to me as I read this Word right now? God isn't ticking off that, oh, you got through the Bible in a year, well done, you're better than that person. No, He just wants you to connect with Him. And whether that's a few verses, a few chapters, whatever it is, it doesn't matter on the quantity It's the quality of time you spend with God reading His Word. And I encourage you, make time every day to read His Word. The Bible app is another tool that many people use. And there's an encouraging word for the day every day. You can start with that and then you can read on. There's so many tools available that help us to read. And you might want to use that. You might just want to grab your Bible and have a system where you can read through the Bible. And what you've done for years. Whatever way works for you, do it and make sure you do it. God's Word is so powerful. And the last thing I want to do, and we're going to end church a little bit different today, a little bit practically. And the last thing is worship. Now, worship is more than a song, but worship is a lifestyle that we live. But worship also is often we connect with God by worshiping Him, by listening to a song or singing a song. And worship connects us with God. And so what I'm going to do is the, the team isn't going to come up because I want them to be able to participate, our worship team. I'm going to play you a, a video of a, a recent uh, video of a church in America that played, um, did a couple of songs together. They sort of molded two songs together that flow in. And it goes for about nine minutes. And I want you to give God these next nine minutes. And I want, to put, I want you to focus on Him. And I don't mind if you sit or stand, close your eyes. Some of you will know these songs. Some of you may not. They're, not. they're not complicated words. It's very easy to pick up. If you want to get out of your seat and stand at this or kneel at this altar, you can do that. You can kneel at your chair where you are. But maybe there's some things you're carrying that you need to let go of. Maybe you need reviving. Maybe there's some, Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need God just to show up in your life. And there's a cry in your heart saying, God, I need more of you. And so in a moment, we're going to play this. And you can respond in whatever way you want to respond. There's no rules. And at the end of it, one of our musos is just going to be playing guitar quietly in the background. I just want, we're just going to wait on God for a moment. And just to see what he does. And I believe that even while this is playing, that if you, there's, you can, I I encourage you, ask God. Begin to speak to him. While you're worshiping, if you want to pray and talk to God, you can do that. But just next nine minutes, we're going to do that. And then we're going to just go and wait on God for a few minutes. Maybe pray for a couple of things, depending, see what happens. And then we'll end church there this morning. Personal connection with God is what's going to transform our world. It always starts with us individually. It always starts with the church. So can we just play this song? And you can, if you want to get out of your seat, if you want to sit, stand, whatever you want to do.
1: I'm mm-hmm. My heart burns